Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sailorville podcast. This is Pastor Paul Seymour uh, here, and I'm here with a few friends. It's a beautiful day in Des Moines, Iowa. It's uh, not raining today, right? So it's Hallelujah. great. Yeah, so um, thankful for the sunshine, even though it is a little bit cold still, but uh, we're thankful. So, hey, uh, I'll have those the folks that are uh, my friends here with me just introduce themselves real quick. Why don't you guys just say who you are and maybe what you do around here at the church? Yeah, my name is Kyle Pearson. I am a deacon and serving as an intern, and I get to be on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and the best beard in the land. That's not true. Well, it's one of them because there's another guy here that has Titus a pretty Welch epic beard. Okay. Tanner, both. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, is thinner than both of them. <laughs> and we have your better half here as well. Hi, I'm Charity Pearson, married to Kyle. Uh, I work in the office here at Sailorville. You may have received an email or two from me over the years. Um, yeah, I get to serve alongside Kyle in a couple ways as well, doing youth ministry, which we love. And yeah, we get to do a little bit of everything, which we love. Awesome. Thanks for being here. And we have Tanner Archer here as well. I just said your name, but you can go ahead and introduce yourself too. Sorry. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, Tanner Archer here. I'm on staff part-time for tech, and uh, I thought I was just sitting here pushing buttons today. <laughs> but we're going to have him chime in because he has good stuff to say, too, and also an epic beard. I wish you could just be here in the in the studio right now, everyone who's listening, just see the glorious beards here. But anyway, enough about facial hair. Uh, <laughs> I feel a little out of place. <laughs> We're having a, a conversation today and just uh, talking about this past week's uh, message, which I was privileged to uh, open up God's Word in Luke chapter 1, talking about the song of Zechariah. There's the... Um, uh, the series we're going through right now is Songs of the Season, and, and Pastor opened it up with uh, Mary's song, and then I was uh, privileged to open up the Word of God um, to uh, Zechariah's song. Zechariah, of course, the uh, prophet, priest, um, rather, um, of God who uh, was visited by Gabriel, the angel, and told that he's going to be the father of John the Baptist. And of course, um, he didn't take too well to that announcement, or at least in, in terms of believing it, he didn't believe it and asked for proof, and there were some consequences there. But uh, we talked a lot about, I think, one of the themes of the message that came out, and I'll ask you guys to maybe comment on this too. Um, one of the themes of the message was um, really when when God is silent, or um, the, the song of Zechariah actually at the end says that those who sit in darkness... Uh, have seen a great light, or those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, a great light has appeared to them. So um, there was some silence of about 400 years we mentioned in the sermon, and that is the context of when uh, God showed up. And there's real hope and real encouragement in that, uh, because a lot of us feel like we um, are forgotten sometimes. And I think everyone, uh, to an extent, feels that at one time or another. So um have you guys, you guys can just chime in, have you guys ever felt that way, like that God was silent in your life? Just describe that and, and maybe talk to us a little bit about that. <laughs> Kyle's looking over at his wife. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's been different times throughout my life that I've I've felt that way. And I think a lot of it is in times of, <laughs> Pastor Pat quotes a poem about this a lot, but always waiting for the next thing. And sometimes, sometimes the, the best 
place for you to be is just right where you are instead of pining for whatever's next. But sometimes we do, I have felt that way personally, waiting for, uh, waiting to have kids. And some of that was, you know, just, it didn't happen on our, my, (laughs) um, just speak for myself, uh, my personal timeline necessarily. And so you're sitting in the middle of it and, okay, Lord, like, why, why not now? And what are you doing? And Mm -hmm. just all of that. And why isn't that happening? And, and then kind of like the poem I've been alluding to, which I can't quote for you, unfortunately, but, um, (laughs) then once you have kids, okay, what's next? And just waiting, you're always waiting for that next thing. And it's easy to get caught in that, that trap in that cycle. But I think in those, those times of waiting is when the Lord has grown my faith and my trust the most in him because I like to have the answers. I like to have the plan. I like to move all the pieces. Mm-hmm. I don't play chess, but for the sake of analogy, <laughs> move all the pieces on the chessboard. And uh, it's in those times of what feels like silence that we, I'm really faced with the fact that I, that's not mine to do. It's the Lord that's sovereign and in control. But I think, yeah, those times of, okay, what's next for our family, for the next stage of life? That's really good. The older I get, the more I realize that <laughs> there's always something next. And if you <laughs> are always pining for that next thing, you'll miss out on whatever's happening right now. Good. Thanks, Charity. What about you, Kyle? Yeah, absolutely. There there are times where life is just hard, right? Things just don't seem to be going your way. The, the hand you're dealt is awful. Um, circumstances and situations and, and what have you. And... Uh, for those of you that don't know, Paul or I, um, we both have um, had our bouts and and will probably in the future continue to have our bouts with um, anxiety and depression and, and struggles that way. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, most recently, a couple years back, you know, my a really good friend of mine uh, uh, passed away due to um, some less than ideal circumstances. And that made things really difficult. It was, Lord, why did this happen? You know, he was seeking counseling. He was seeking um, love from the church. He was crying out to you, why Why did these things happen? And now that he's gone, why did I go through like a six-month stretch where I'm reading the word and I'm like, why? Like, the word isn't doesn't seem to be living and active. Mm. I don't see how you are giving me hope in a dark place. I don't see how the light of your word is breaking through the darkness. Mm. I don't see that hope. And so there's there's times and there's seasons in that where it's like I just don't get it. Um, but as as Charity said, you know, it's not it's not one of those things where the Lord is silent. Maybe our ears are just plugged, mm-hmm. and uh, or our eyes are closed, mm-hmm. and we want to to sit and dwell in that darkness because that makes us feel better, mm-hmm. because it makes us feel something that we don't actually have to deal with the pain that we're going through. Mm-hmm. We'd rather sit and wallow in our misery than to deal with the scalpel cutting away at the idols of our heart and stuff like that, um, at least for me. Maybe that is a little bit more than uh, where you were going. No, with that, that's but good. That's, that's good. I really appreciate that. It's uh, 
it's good insight and yeah i i can identify you said you know sometimes going along with this idea of sometimes when god seems silent um there is uh that aspect of it sometimes when you're you're in god's word and you are listening but it doesn't seem like uh, even though you're seeing god's word right in front of you it doesn't seem like um you're getting anything from it or it seems dry sometimes right we've talked about that before on this podcast even but um uh our pastor, Pastor Pat, was uh, relating to me when I was going through a, a valley and a, a time when God really seemed silent, um, that there is that, that portion of the Pilgrim's Progress um, story, you know, um, where he's going through the valley of the shadow of death. And um, it just alludes to the fact a lot more poetically than I can right now, but it alludes to the fact that he was dealing with the same thing, that even in the the um, the darkness of that valley, that the, the word that he had... Um, he couldn't really use that weapon, so mm-hmm. to speak. And so, um, but he did, he remembered that he had the weapon that he had been given called all prayer, mm-hmm. which is a cool, you know, a, a, a word picture of, you know, sometimes when it's dry for us, um, that that weapon of, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ praying for you, or even us just pleading with God is a, is a powerful thing to, uh, to write the ship, so to speak. Right. Um, Tan, do you want to jump in there? Have, is there any spot there that you have experienced? No, nothing to share right now. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> he was giving me the the shake there, and <laughs> I didn't listen. Sorry. Um, so, what do you guys do when you're in the in that spot? what What's your What's your go to? Do you have scripture that you go to? Do you have um, do you worship through that? Do you go to friends? Like what, what is your practical steps that you would even share with someone saying, uh, this, this is what happened with me when, when God seemed distant or silent or I felt forgotten. Like, what did you do? Anyone can take that one. Yeah. I love to, I love to write. Mm. And so I take pen to paper. Um, it's kind of a weird thing to use a Harry Potter analogy, but I'm going to do it anyways because I think it's beautiful. <laughs> there's there's a there's a scene in Harry Potter where they're having this class and they're they're learning how to confront monsters and this particular monster takes the form of the scariest thing that the thing that terrifies these people the most. And then they they put it back in um back in this basket or this closet or whatever and they say, "Okay, now think about something funny." And then when it they open up the case and this monster comes back out, it comes out as that that thing that is funny. And I feel like for me, journaling is one of those things that takes the scary thoughts in my head that can just run wild and do whatever they want when they are ethereal and in my brain and not I can't interact with them. Mm-hmm. And then when I put pen to paper and I say, oh, this is what I'm scared about. This is what I'm worried about. Lord, you are so much bigger than this. This, this thing that I thought was a fire breathing dragon is now like a unicorn on a tricycle and it's <laughs> which you know it's it's ridiculous and and it's one of those things to to help me put things in perspective but the only way that the only reason that that works is because even in the dark valleys when when you feel like the lord is not there you still have to be arming and equipping yourself with scripture mm-hmm. because you don't have if if you're not doing that and you just write things on paper they can still be scary but when you can hold those things up to the rule that is scripture 
and say, this is who God is, and this is what God does, and this is how he continues to prove himself faithful time and time and time again, this thing's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So I love doing that. I love um, I love talking to people. I've got, I've got a couple people that... Um, that don't go to Sailorville that my wife knows. And if I'm in a funk, she will call them and then they will call me and I'll be like, charity talk to you, huh? Um, and so I've, I've got a guy named Alan David Heiser. I've got a, a guy named David Wagner. I've got a guy named Trevor Askren. Um, and then I've got some guys here at Sailorville, um, Isaac Miller in particular, um, Paul, you and I have had several conversations, mm-hmm. um, but, but not letting myself get to a place where I can just sit and stew in that darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, we are better together. Um, community, uh, by God's grace, is a gift to us, right? And so uh, having people in community to speak truth into my life, even when I don't want to hear it. Um, and those are, those are two things that are, that are huge for me. Awesome. Awesome. Either of you two others want to chime in on that one? What do you do practically to, to help yourself in those spots? Yeah, I think that's when uh, you you need to have spiritual disciplines developed that you can that you can continue on and even when it feels darker you don't feel like doing it or god seems silent or it seems pointless you continue to be faithful in those things knowing that in obedience to the lord he's he's asked you to do those things and being in communion with him doesn't happen without them things like Kyle talked about like reading the word and memorizing scripture and for me, a big one is I crank my truth tunes, as I like to call them. Um, I tell my kids we are not listening to slugs and bugs. Well, that's pretty. That's good truth tunes. But I uh, crank the the worship music in the car or at home or wherever, and songs that are reminding me the truth about who God is. And when reading my Bible feels futile or feels like, okay, that feeling of what am I getting out of this? I have to flip my thinking because reading my Bible is not about me getting something out of it. It's about knowing God and reading this incredible gift that he has given us in scripture. And so I, I do just that. I read, I continue reading where I left off. I have to have a plan or, mm-hmm. and that's what keeps me, keeps me reading. And so I read and I say, okay, God, show me who you are through prayer. And you look for the attributes of God in scripture and he's faithful to to reveal those things to you yeah. time and time again i think um i like what you guys are saying the uh, the, the aspect of of the christian life where you have to hold everything up to the the filter of scripture um we we reference in the the sermon on sunday that sometimes we view god as like the fun house mirror mm-hmm. right we exaggerate a part of him and minimize mm-hmm. another part of him and i think sometimes we can look at at life the same way right we we magnify the usually in my case you magnify the terrible things you, know, you magnify the things that are hard but sometimes you you minimize the um you know the, what we think of as, as blessings in your life but I, I love the that we hold um we need to be holding our worldview up to scripture filtering everything through that lens so to speak because or or if to use another analogy to to look at ourselves in the mirror of scripture let it mm-hmm. tell you who you are and let it show you accurately who God is too, which I think is a is a huge deal. And I've said this often in you know counseling situations here at Sailorville, and and that is um, a, the root of a lot of our problems is that we don't we don't have an accurate view of God. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some sort of caricature or funhouse mirror view of God, 
Um, and so we, we, it leads us to worry and, and pain and all sorts of things. Um, so one of the things that I do I, practically, and I've said this before and even preached on it, but um, Psalm 103 is a, is a huge um, passage of scripture for me um, because it reminds me of God's character. It, it puts my, um, my bearings back in line, so to mm. speak, of who God actually is. Um, that he doesn't treat me as my sins deserve, um, that he has separated my sin from me as far as the East is from the West, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it's, it's, it talks about him as a father, as a, as a father pities his children. So the Lord, um, the Lord has pity on those who fear him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's looking after us and he, he, you know, is in the midst of our pain, in the midst of when we feel he's silent, um, he's still there and he's still working. And I, I love just getting back to God's character. And I was also thinking this first came to mind as um, you guys were, were talking. Um, it's Psalm 36, verse 9. And it says, speaking of God, it says, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. Mm. And um, I was just thinking, you know, one, one of the things that I have uh, at my bedside, my my nightstand is a little uh, daylight lamp, right? Because it kind of gets that vitamin D flowing in these dark days, right? <laughs> it simulates the sunlight, and and so you kind of feel better when you have that, right? And in in the kind of a parallel to God's word, um, it's it's only in basking in the light of God's word that we actually see light in the world, you know. And sometimes things can seem pretty dark if we're not basking in the in the light of of God's word, uh, because we can't see light mm-hmm. if we're not in the light. Um, so I just, I love that. I love that scripture for that. Um, at the end of the message on, uh, on Sunday, I just had a few, um, things that we went through some applications, just want to touch on those, um, and maybe ask you guys about them a little bit. Um, and the, the first thing I said was, uh, it's often in the greatest of darkness that God is getting ready to flip on the lights. This is what he did um, in in this uh, scenario that we have in Luke chapter one, where you know the four hundred years of silence and it was dark, and there was a period of um, certainly darkness, you know, politically and the culture and everything with Herod doing everything that he mm-hmm. was doing, and not a not a great guy, as his name would suggest, right? Uh, but a lot of darkness, and uh, but God was getting ready to flip on the lights, and um, wh- why do, why does it take um, times of of pain and darkness a lot of times to to teach us what we need to to know uh, um, do you guys understand what I'm saying there um, I think we grow in those times of pain and, and we, we stretch in those times so what do you guys think about that how, how does that how's that played out in your lives you know I, I think back to there's a there's a quote that says that you'll never you'll never see God as truly good until you see yourself as truly bad. Mm. Um, and I think that those times as, as much as while we're in them, we may think of them as some sort of bitter affliction mm. on the other side of those things. We can look back, see the faithfulness of God and see it as a grace. Mm. And, and that goes back to um, having an appropriate, an appropriate theology, right? An appropriate view of God we one of one of the passages that you talked about in in the message was uh, uh, Proverbs sixteen thirty three. You know the the lot is is cast in the lap, but um, its every decision is from the Lord. And 
those those things I like the way that you put it those things that we see as chance mm-hmm. are divinely orchestrated by the Lord right. and and so often I feel like there are things that we we end up we can end up putting ourselves so to speak into a valley because we think that all of these things that we aren't giving to the Lord aren't big enough and worthy of his time mm-hmm. they aren't big enough and worthy enough to to cast at the feet of the Savior or the creator of the world and it's like Oh Lord, you've done so much for me. I've got this, and then we continue to heap things on top of ourselves until we're under this mountain of mess that we have created, um, and God hasn't changed, right? Um, it's um, He's showing up the same way that He always has. Our perspective is just different because we desperate we see our desperate need to cling to Him that we didn't see before, mm-hmm. um, whether that be through our naivety or our ignorance or our arrogance, um, God is still good and um, he is always good. And sometimes he allows us to have our perspective shifted for that, um, the reality of the drastic dependence on him that we need, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And pain tends to do that, right? It shifts, shifts your perspective quite a bit. What about you guys? Anybody else? Yeah, I was just thinking it brings us to the end of ourselves. It, any mm, That's good. Yeah. <laughs> when I mean maybe not all people, but I think most to some degree when you're going through dark times when God seems silent, maybe we even remember the promises of God, but we think like Abraham, like it's ours to take into our own hands to figure out how to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so sometimes we just have to go through that sitting and waiting and wrestling with God over it sometimes to realize no it's really not it's really not our timing to to bring it about and we have to come to the end of ourselves and recognize our our place before an almighty God. Yeah. That's really good. Um he's He's our, I've heard it said before, he's, he's our hope when we run out of rope, right? <laughs> like <laughs> when he, sometimes he has to bring you to the end of yourself to, to truly see that he's the treasure, mm. not the things that you can bring to the table, so to mm. speak. Right. And Kyle, like what you said too, um, uh, that God is in the small things too. God cares about those small things. And sometimes we don't think that those are worthy of his attention. And we feel like we can kind of have those things we talk about in the band sometimes because i'm the pastor of music here too and so i work a lot with the musicians and the tech folks and everything and um there's those passages in the old testament you know specifically when you're going through the uh you know the passage about the ark of the covenant and how god or excuse me the the tabernacle rather ark of the covenant is part of that but um how god wants it all put together right mm-hmm. and and there's passages in there and you're reading it and it's like why is this in here he's like the, these uh these animals, these images, these animals need to be sewn into the curtains with this type of thread. And that's like, how is this benefiting my life? You know, <laughs> but then if you think about it, you go, wait, God, God's a God of detail. God cares about the little things because you know, the, the little things make up the big things. Mm. Right. Um, but he cares about those little things. So he cares about those, um, the small minutia of life, um, that we think that, no, I can handle that. I don't have to give that to God, but, um, he wants to be in those things with us. Um, the second thing we said uh, was God is in the habit of using the commonplace and the unbelievable to accomplish the divine and the miraculous. 
um, Zechariah was a guy who was pretty commonplace. Um, nothing necessarily special, right? He was one of 14,000 priests, uh, but God called him out because he was chosen by lot, as you reference, Kyle. Uh, God called him out um, to be uh, in the specific place, in the specific time, in the specific circumstances, um, to be used uh, to, to be used by God in this um, miraculous you know, situation of uh, he's going to be the father of the forerunner of the Messiah, um, so I, I, that's particularly poignant to me, you know, cause I, I don't know about you guys. I don't always feel all that special. And I think probably people that are listening are, are probably identifying with that. Like we're just common people. Like how do we, um, how do we make a difference for this great eternal God? If I'm just a commonplace, mm-hmm. um, you know, everyday ho-hum Joe Schmo, so to speak, you know, um, how have you guys seen God use the, the commonplace and even the, um, unbelievable, unbelievable, excuse me, to, to accomplish amazing things. What have you seen? I think, uh, on a daily basis as a mom of young children, (laughs) I see it through my kids and their, you know, aha moments of, you know, reading scripture or listening to the word of God taught through people here and just the comments that they make of, you know, I I don't know. I wish I could think of a specific example at the top of my head, but I just, (laughs) every day I'm just like amazed at how God uses them to show me more of who he is or more of my own sin. I mean, the whole sanctifying part of being a parent, (laughs) um, through tiny kids and they get away with saying things and it's hilarious because it's true, but they're tiny and the things that come out of their mouths are, um, just, just pack a punch in a way that, you know, maybe an adult couldn't because we (laughs) beat around the bush or we, you know, hide behind. Too worried about people's feelings. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Kids have no filter, right? They're just, here it is. Here's what I think. (laughs) Yeah. I think of, Something that's commonplace. I've, I've been reading this book, um, and I've been reading it for a long time. Normally, I fly through things, but I just like to sit and chew on some of the stuff in this book. It's called God of All Things by Andrew Wilson. And basically, it is, it's talking about all of these commonplace things and why they are important to God and why having appropriate theology of these things is biblical. And one of the chapters is on honey. I don't particularly care for honey. Hmm. It's too bad. Not everyone's perfect. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but I, I'm trying as a result of this book and having a shift in the way that I view honey, I'm trying to appreciate honey because of the illustration that it is for scripture. You know, you you look at honey and honey is this, it's a commonplace thing. But at, at while it's commonplace, it is it is acceptable on the table of a king and it is acceptable in the slums and in a shack and you can't add to it. You can't take away from it. It lasts forever. <laughs> and so a commonplace thing like that, that that God is showing up big in my life is just showing me, showing me a, a deeper appreciation through his word, through my neglect of a condiment. <laughs> I mean, 
I don't know how else to say it, but like we're talking about prophets and priests and condiments. That maybe that should be the the title of this podcast. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But sometimes that honey, when it does get a little old, it gets kind of thick and tough to spread. And you know, I don't know. <laughs> My one criticism of honey. <laughs> Everyone should try at least once in their life, just putting it in a burrito shell and roll it up. That's so good. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. Just honey? Yeah. Maybe a little bit of cinnamon, too. But right. uh, That one's free. Free of charge, everyone. Go for it. Have, have yourself a Christmas treat. Uh, <laughs> um, at the end of the sermon, and I thought this was uh, really, really cool, just um, talking about the, the superintendents. Is that a word? Superintendents? of God. God's overseeing all things, right? He's sovereign over all things. Um, that the, the people that he chose, uh, in this, the story of Zechariah, um, Zechariah, of course, uh, a priest and in, in, in the, um, and his, his wife, Elizabeth as well in the, in the, uh, a daughter of a, a priest, it seems like from scripture. Um, and that he gave them, he chose these two people with these names and the names, just to reiterate, if you were here on Sunday, or if not, this is what their names mean. Zechariah, his name means the Lord is remembered again. Mm. And I love that. And then Elizabeth's name means my God keeps his promises. And, you know, talk about just superintending over all things and, and just these people in this story and God's timing and in God's purposes. And, and here's what their names mean. And, uh, how, how even the little things we were talking about the little things, right? The, the meaning of their names of this, of the people in the story. Um, God is even saying to us through them, I I've, I've remembered you. I have not mm-hmm. forgotten you. Um, and, and I even like that word again, right? Cause I think that speaks to us. Uh, our belief more than God, right? Because um, we tend to get ourselves in those situations and uh, and start to believe that God has forgotten us, but He hasn't. He's still working behind the scenes. That that uh, passage of Job we referenced. Um, I forget where that was. Job uh, twenty three, I believe it was. Yeah, Job twenty Job twenty three verses eight through ten. Go read that. Um, God is is still working even when our eyes can't see what He's doing. Um, and so he remembers again, even when we think we're forgotten again, he still remembers. And that God is telling us through, you know, even through Elizabeth's name, um, I always keep my promises. I'm always going to come through. And, um, you know, maybe that's, maybe someone who's listening um, to this right now is you're in that spot of, um, you feel God is silent. You feel God has, um, has forgotten about you. And um, I think one of the points of this this passage of scripture is that, God has not forgotten about you. And, um, God has, uh, God knows you, and um, God knows your your deepest need. And our deepest need, um, for sure, is the is the gospel is um, is the light of the gospel because we are all sitting in darkness, right? We're all sitting in darkness and uh, in the shadow of death, as Scripture is saying in this passage. Uh, without the light of the gospel and um, we just want everyone to know that um, you know the gospel is what Central Church is all about, and um, it's our greatest desire. And why we do what we do, from you know music to preaching to podcasts or whatever it is, we want to see people have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ um, to confess their sins and and to understand that He um, He lived a perfect life and died that sacrificial death and uh, was buried and rose again for them. And if they put their trust in Him. Uh, that they can have life as well. 
um, God has not forgotten you. And um, I'm, I'm just, as I studied this out, I was just moved with gratitude um, because there has been times, as we've said, that, that I've felt I was in that place. And, um, but when I come back to the light of scripture, I see that God's not forgotten me and God has not forgotten you either. Um, you out there listening to this conversation today. And, um, we just want you to know that we want you to know that, that we love you and, um, that we're always, uh, here at Southerville Church. If you, you, um, want to have a conversation about these things, you know, get a hold of us and, uh, we'd love to, to minister to you in any way that, that we can. So, um, I want to thank you guys for listening today. Thank you, my fellow panelists. Is that what you're called on a podcast, Tanner? I don't know. It's panelists, is that right? Sure. Guests, friends. Podcastists. Podcastists. I like that. That's a, that's a tough thing to say, but we'll run with that. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. We love you. God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon.